Welcome to Sports Beat KC, the Kansas City Stars Daily Sports Podcast. It's Friday, May 8th, and I'm Blair Kirkhoff. Kansas had its say regarding the NCAA's notice of allegations that included five Level 1 violations against the men's basketball program, and now the NCAA has responded to KU's response. The NCAA has responded forcefully. This is from page 52 of the 92-page report, and it regards Kansas coach Bill Self. Quote, It is difficult to envision a scenario where a head coach is personally involved in significant level one violations, yet still meets the membership's expectations of promoting an atmosphere of compliance within the sports program. A lot more of that in the, in the reply from the NCAA. So we're talking Kansas basketball and the NCAA today on Sports Beat KC with a person who has covered the topic from the beginning, beat writer Jesse Newell. Technically, the NCAA delivered enforcement written reply to case number 00874 involving the University of Kansas. So let's talk about it with Jesse Newell. Jesse, how are you, my friend? Doing good, Blair. How about yourself? Doing okay. Doing okay. How um, how do you think they're doing over at uh, on campus? Or I guess they're not on campus at Kansas, but um, what, what's the feeling like among um, among the the stakeholders at Kansas when it when it comes to the um, the NCAA's response that was issued on Thursday? And uh, and you you've written about it for for the Star and KansasCity.com today. Sam Sam Mellinger uh, weighed in with a with a column as well. Um, what what are the what do you think Kansas folks are, are, are thinking about the uh, what the NCAA had to say about uh, about this whole situation? Yeah, I, it's a it's a good question. I think as much as we can, it's good to simplify here and kind of go at yes. the very. The very lowest level of what's happening. So I think if we're going to go just at the very lowest level here, this thing is is starting to progress. You know, this was a step in the timeline we knew was coming. I think those people on the inside at Kansas probably figured that some response like this was most likely likely from the NCAA just because. So just to catch people up, the NCAA released its notice of allegations and then an amended notice of allegations to Kansas with the five level one basketball violations came out very strong against KU. And usually, as you know, Blair, what happens in these cases is the schools come back kind of, you know, wrists in front of them saying, you're right. We're so sorry. These are the measures we've taken. Please forgive us. All those sorts of things. Kansas went the opposite direction. They got their lawyers and they said, nope, don't accept any of this. We are not guilty of any of these things, uh, basically is what KU's message was. And that's not something I think the NCAA is very used to. So what happened in the NCAA's response to Kansas was basically like, oh, okay, that's the response you're going to give? Well, we're going to give a response that's very similar. So basically, the NCAA took what Kansas wrote, and that was very, very crafted very well by lawyers, and threw it back at them very forcefully as well. So um, the bottom line is this thing needs to get to a hearing. This thing needs to get towards a resolution because otherwise it's just a back and forth, back and forth. This is what I think. Nope, nope, you're wrong. This is what I think. Nope, this is what you're wrong. This is what I think. And this does sort of get us closer to that timeline because now a hearing should be set, whether that's with the new independent committee or whether it's uh, you know in front of the NCAA Committee on Infractions as it normally happens. But um, this thing is going to be wrapped up, hopefully. You know, this thing probably most likely will be done before – college basketball season starts here uh, in the in the 
late fall and early winter um, if the timeline progresses as they normally do with these cases. So I don't think KU is surprised at the NCAA's language. I don't think KU is surprised the NCAA is coming after them. That was pretty obvious from the NOSA allegations. I think maybe what was just a little bit um, what we didn't know exactly was the tone the NCAA would take. And obviously they seem pretty perturbed that Kansas um, basically refuted and denied any responsibility for all these men's basketball violations. So neither one of these sides is backing down. It's kind of like one of those fights where you see the two boxers kind of get nose to nose. They just keep getting closer and you figure they can't get any closer to each other and they continue to get closer. That's sort of where we're at with KU and the NCAA. And like I said, a resolution needs to come. It seems like we're closer to that now just because this step took place. Yeah, I'll read from the um, from the top. This is uh, from the from the early pages of of the ninety two page uh, response, which was the which which responded to KU's about one hundred and sixteen page uh, notice on on um, on March. I think it was March fifth that 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 was revealed. So here's what the NCAA had to say was some of the key some of the key uh, thoughts and, and and language here. So. While the football allegations involve alleged level two and level three violations, which were serious alleged violations, there can be no doubt that the men's allegations, men's basketball allegations are egregious, severe, and are the kind that significantly undermine and threaten the NCAA collegiate model with collegiate model in caps. I didn't know that was a proper noun. (laughs) It is now. It is. Further, uh, the institution, that's Kansas, in taking a defiant posture in this case is indifferent to how it is alleged how its alleged violations may have adversely impacted other NCAA institutions who acted in compliance with NCAA legislation so basically what they're saying is you know what we what we accuse Kansas of doing um, is is gaining a an unfair competitive advantage because other you know opponents basically played by the rules and and KU did not, and that's listen. That's sort of the baseline for every um, violation, right? I mean, it's uh, you gained an unfair advantage by you know by cheating, by illegally you know obtaining players, and and that's what you know that, that's sort of the uh, again that's that's at the heart of every allegation that the NCAA makes against a against a program. But um, and here's the other thing I wanted to read this also, Jesse. Um, and this sort of sort of concludes the first part of the or the cover letter, if you will, of the of the NCAA's uh, response to KU. It's and it goes. Finally, in in its report, the Commission on College Basketball highlighted the need for all stakeholders, including institutions and coaches, to protect collegiate men's basketball by accepting responsibility for violations that have occurred. And the reason I include that is that is a a thought on the um, on the Rice Commission, the Condoleezza Rice Commission that the NCAA put together in response to the FBI investigation that um, that really embarrassed the NCAA. Right? It, it found uh, you know it, it used all the powers that that the FBI has to you know to wiretap and to um, uh, basically uncover scandal in college basketball, and of which Kansas is now is part of. So the NCAA forms the the Rice Commission, and and one of the recommendations of the Rice Commission is is to uh, have you know the schools and the coaches take greater responsibility for wrongdoing. I thought at the moment uh, w- when that was announced, that was more of a response to what had happened at Louisville with Rick Pitino. You know the, all the 
um, all that was happening at Louisville, including the stripper parties for recruits. And then Patino, of course, denied knowing any of that was ever happening. Um, but I, I'm that the NCAA included it here pretty high in its report on Kansas, I think is a, is telling that, um, you know, you, that a coach, uh, has to have, um, you know, greater, uh, or, or that, you know, basically it's, it's, it's a statement that, uh, the NCAA intends on cleaning up men's college basketball. So, so there we are. I mean, that's where it begins in, uh, Okay, so to me, the next idea here is um, this. I don't think that this changes any feeling by Kansas toward the NCAA. It's not that like the Kansas response is going to be, oh, oh, you're, you're taking this seriously. Okay, maybe we'll uh, maybe let's reconsider some of our positions. As, as you said, I think Kansas folded its arms even tighter and said, no, we're right and you're wrong. And, uh, and now let's, you know, let's, let's send it to, you know, a judge basically. Yeah. So I think, and a lot of people have written about this. So this is sort of the fascinating part about this particular case, which is on a base level, it comes down to one major disagreement here. Um, and the NCAA kind of gets at the heart of that in this response, actually, that they yeah. kind of go out there and say it. There's, there's no question there's no neither side is questioning that TJ Gasnola, Adidas representative, and other Adidas representatives made payments to the families of Billy Preston and Sylvia de Sosa. Um, no, nobody's questioning that. So that's kind of seen as fact based off of the federal trial. Those things. Here's the question, though: Can Adidas and a shoe company be seen as a booster of an athletic department? And that's sort of a, the crux of both sides here for. But, you know, for, for Kansas, what, what Kansas is trying to allege here is saying, look, if that's the case, you are going down a slippery slope. And all of a sudden, all these AAU events run by shoe companies, well, maybe that's illegal. <laughs> and uh, I know Mike DeCourse right. from Sporting News and Seth Davis from The Athletic wrote similar pieces. And Seth Davis's piece even quoted uh, Mike Bray from Notre Dame. And he said, look, if shoe companies are paying for athletes, that's wrong. But listen, if you try to get in there with shoe companies obviously coaches work very directly and closely with these shoe companies and and they help in recruiting i mean that's part of the game so um for the insulated to try to thread this needle is a little bit dangerous um just because if this ruling is if they follow through with this and kansas gets punished again there could be some unintended consequences down the line where you say how do you regulate this because obviously a lot of these schools almost all of these schools are very very closely working with their athletic sponsor uh you know athletic apparel sponsor when it comes to recruitment and when it comes to uh, obtaining the services of student athletes so that's kind of ku side of this is is that is what they're disputing they're saying look if you do this this is unprecedented nobody has ever gotten punished for this sort of thing under NCAA bylaws the NCAA is saying look it seems pretty clear here that these athletes were paid in part so that their services could be used at Kansas and that, that Kansas's basketball program was a part of knowing this was happening, encouraging this happening. And, and as you mentioned, uh, it's part of that first paragraph saying, hey, KU got an unfair advantage here. So it's really tricky because for the NCAA to kind of dig its heels in and Kansas to dig its heels in, I think they both can feel like they have a case here, but both potentially have a lot to lose because – for Kansas, let's say the NCAA throws the book at them because, again, both of these sides are not backing down. If the NCAA says, okay, we're going to make an example of Kansas, you get a four-year postseason ban, just something outrageous, okay? 
than Kansas. Unprecedented. If, if it was that, it would be unprecedented. Unprecedented. Okay, they have five level one violations. Let's say it's something crazy out there. They're going to make an example of Kansas. Kansas would have no choice but to appeal this to a higher court. And then the NCAA potentially could have a lot to lose because if the NCAA lost in a higher court and the higher court said you do not have jurisdiction to do this based off of your bylaws, then the NCAA is powerless, basically. They cannot enforce their own rules. Right after that, Blair, I'm telling you, it's anarchy. The, the schools look around to go like, oh, you can't enforce the rules that you thought you could enforce, and you, you made Kansas an example, and then you couldn't even have that hold up in a court case? You're worthless. You have no value anymore. And so for the NCAA, there's a lot to lose with this case. But for Kansas, there's a lot to lose because what does Kansas want more than anything else? They'd love for this to go away, for Bill Self to be the basketball coach, and for them to continue to, to win Big 12 championships, make Final Fours, and, and win national titles. And you can't do that if you have a four-year postseason ban or a three. I mean, again, this is all hypothetical. But if the NCAA hammers you, you can't make this gray cloud go away from your program, and all of a sudden you have another big mess to deal with. So that's sort of the gist of what we're looking at here, is that these two sides – Again, sometimes when these disputes happen, one side back down a little bit, the other side backs down a little. Okay, let's let's come to some resolution. Let's give in a little bit. That's not that's not what's happening here. These two sides kind of just keep going on their tippy toes to like look taller before this fight starts. <laughs> and again, both sides have a lot to potentially gain and a lot to potentially lose here. So that's why it's fascinating, and that's why, as I said earlier, it's good that this is coming closer to a resolution because right now it's just talk, 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 and nobody's backing down. At some point, something is going to have to get resolved and. Uh, the NCAA process is the start of that, hopefully here in the next few months. Well, but isn't isn't another point here, <clears throat> excuse me, that um, the, that money exchanged hands between the, um, you know, Adidas and the parents and, and or guardians of Billy Preston <clears throat> and Silvio de Souza, isn't another point of contention is that uh, Kansas claims that it didn't know that that happened had no knowledge of money exchanging hands, and the NCAA is saying you should have known. It, you know, it, it, and it doesn't matter if 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 what if we believe that this is true, it still doesn't matter because we hold you in this sort of new, uh, you know, new NCAA in response to the, the 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 FBI investigation. We are holding you responsible that everything that everything in your that happens in your program. You're responsible for knowing, for you know, for um, you know, taking care of, and I, I, I think I read that in the NCAA response as well. Yeah, and I, I'm no Blair. I'm going to beat this analogy to death, but I, I really do like it because it, it fits in this case. So when we're talking about NCAA bylaws, think of it as a homeowners association. Okay, so. KU's grass was too long, <laughs> okay, in this case. Uh, so the NCAA can either say, hey, we know your grass was too long. And KU says, well, uh, no, prove it. And they go, okay, well, we don't have to because your grass was too long. You know what I mean? And, and, and KU can say, well, my mower didn't come over and we were on vacation and we didn't know and, and, and we, we tried to pay him and uh, maybe not pay him. You know, we, we tried to take care of the, the grass, but I mean, whatever happened, happened. And the MCA says, we don't care. We're a homeowners association. Your grass can't be over four inches. You know what I mean? Your grass was over four inches. That's why we're going to punish you. And so the same thing is exactly what you're talking about here, Blair, which is basically saying, um, KU saying, well, um, didn't have knowledge of this. We didn't know Adidas was doing this. Um, the coaches didn't know. TJ Gasnola said under oath that, the, that he did it without the, no, the, co the coaches knowing this. The NCAA is saying, that's fine. You still can't have these Adidas representatives paying athletes to come to your school. That's under your jurisdiction. 
that's where it gets dicey for the NCAA if it gets to another court of law, because all of a sudden then you're talking about legal matters rather than these NCAA bylaws, which are being agreed to by the schools. And uh, obviously, a lot of times the schools follow. And then if they are, are found to have stepped outside those laws, they take those punishments and move on. So, yes, you're very right there, Blair, that that is another contention that um, KU is claiming that the coaches did not know about it. The NCAA is saying, uh, yeah, uh, we think they did know about it, but even if they didn't, you should have known. And that's sort of the coach control charge and also the lack of institutional control charge that gets added on top of that. So um, a very good point to be made. But yes, under NCAA bylaws, they're basically they're basically the homeowners association saying we're going to make sure that everybody's grass is mowed. And if they see this as a violation of some of those homeowners policies, uh, association policies, they're going to come back in Kansas and say, look, we don't care if your mower was broken. We don't care if your, your buddy down the street didn't come mow it. Whatever the case was, the grass didn't get mowed and that's your fault. And the ultimate responsibility falls back on you. So I think that is a good point to be made here, Blair. But again, will that pass the standard of a higher court? Um, will the higher court say that, hey, the NCAA doesn't have power to do that or they're overstepping their bounds? Potentially. And that could be the, the part where the NCAA really gets in trouble or uh, Kansas, again, will have to spend a whole lot of lawyer money to try to make that case somewhere else. Well, is there is there precedent for an NCAA case going to a higher court, going you know for a, for a team that's been you know, um, punished by the NCAA for taking it outside of the, the, the realm of the NCAA and going to a you know, federal court. I know that Jay Billis mentioned that to Gary Bedore a year or so ago. If it came to that, um, you, you and you mentioned earlier, Jesse, that the stakes are so high for, you know, for Kansas and for the NCAA, especially for the NCAA, that um, that this this could be, end up being a um, you know a precedent setting type of decision that uh, Kansas would be prepared to take this to, you know, to, you know, outside the bounds of, uh, of, of, of an NCAA that has, you know, has, has sort of um, reinvented itself when it comes to punishment, uh, the, the whole infractions process, enforcement and infractions process. And an example of that is the Georgia Tech situation where, now, Georgia Tech just within the last year was uh, uh, was was penalized, uh, found to have committed a level one violation, turned basically cooperated with the NCAA, did everything that uh, that you would expect a school to do, and fired the assistant coach who was involved in the in, in the infraction, took itself out of the postseason for for this year, and still got hammered, and and, and they say unfairly so. By the NCAA, so so again, my question is: What um, uh, is Kansas prepared to take this outside of the, the the bounds of the NCAA? Yeah, it's a good question about whether there's similar cases and whether this will hold up. Um, I think that's probably something that needs a little bit more research. Obviously, not one to this extent. Uh, you know, the pe- one that people are going to bring up is obviously. Uh, North Carolina, which is a different set of circumstances, but that is sort of in the same vein, which is like, hey, North Carolina figured this was outside the NCAA's jurisdiction. They hired a bunch of lawyers and they figured out, yeah, it was outside the NCAA's jurisdiction. And so I think for Kansas, um, it, these these cases are different because obviously classes um, were found to be outside the NCAA's realm when it came to North Carolina, right. whereas paying athletes is a little bit more kind of their wheelhouse. But yet, again, if if KU's case is going to be the NCAA is overstepping its bounds. It's it's doing something that is not allowed to do and saying that shoe companies, apparel companies, are potentially boosters, which is you know has not been um, seen that way over time. At least that's the way that KU is going to argue. So, um, is KU prepared to do this? I I think 
it just it depends um it depends on the circumstances and for both sides and again i, I keep saying this but there seems to me that there is a scenario out there and maybe this is still the most likely scenario where both sides potentially could win by sort of making this go away. I mean, I know the NCAA is not back down. Absolutely. And it seems like they want to sort of make Kansas into an example here, but you know, let's say again, this is all hypothetical. Let's say they gave Kansas a one year postseason ban. Let's say they suspended self for nine games. Let's say they put KU on probation. Let's say they took a scholarship away for three years, something like that. Okay. And KU gets that punishment in front of them. I think KU would look at that and say, take it, you know, because what happens if you take that punishment immediately, you can move on. And we've seen Bill Self as the master of this when it comes to PR moves where um, he addresses things head on, he takes care of them, and then he can move on to a brighter future. And I've always described this as like a gray cloud hanging over the program. You know what I mean? Like this won't go away. It just keeps dragging on and on. And when will there be a, a, some sort of finality here? If that was in front of Kansas, I think they probably would just take it and take their medicine. And then Bill Self could go recruiting the very next day and say, look, I'm recruiting you for next year. Yes, this year has a postseason ban, but next year will not impact you. And I'm going to be the coach of Kansas and I can, will continue to be the coach of Kansas and I'll serve this suspension. And after that, there's no punishment for you in the future. And again, Kansas can go on to doing what they do best, which is compete for Final Fours, you know, win Big 12 titles and continue on as a dominant power in college basketball. Um, will KU continue to fight it? Yeah, they could. I mean, and and they think they have a point. And again, if the NCAA goes completely crazy on the punishment, then I'm not sure that KU has much of a choice to otherwise do it unless they just wanted to completely cut ties with self, which I guess is another option. But it, so far, based off of everything that we've read, uh, the statements have said that KU, Chancellor Douglas Gerard, Athletic Director Jeff Long completely stand behind Bill Self and the, and the men's basketball coaching staff. So I guess at that point, fork in the road potentially KU would have a few different options they could go to but could this be a battle that wages on and on and on yes it could be it'll be expensive it'll be costly it will leave the short-term um, Kansas basketball program in terrible shape because you just have this thing hanging over you unless some sort of injunction would happen and a you know a, a judge could basically say that the NCAA would have to halt its order against Kansas whatever the punishment may be which seems unlikely to me but again I'm not a legal expert um, so KU would sort of be hurt in the in the short term would have to pay a lot of money in the medium term and would hope for a long term result which again as we've seen like with the David Beatty case these sorts of trials also take a lot of time so. I don't think that's a, an ideal scenario, but I don't know if KU has many other options. If the NCAA hammers them with a punishment and they want to stick behind Bill Self and the men's basketball program, which is what they said that they have done so far, then I don't know that there is much, uh, many other options other than to continue to fight this thing, even if it's sort of an ugly and uh, not very appealing scenario. Okay, we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to talk about what the potential punishment is. You touched on it. I've got the the penalty guidelines up on my screen here. We're going to go over those in just a second. Be right back. Hey, it's Blair. We have a special subscription offer for Sportsbeat KC listeners, unlimited digital access to the Kansas City Stars award-winning sports coverage. Sign up now for one year of Sports Pass for access to all the sports news, features, and columns presented on the KansasCity.com site, and it's only $30. That's a 40% savings off our regular rate. Your subscription will automatically renew after the initial term at $50 unless you tell us to cancel. 
Your subscription helps support the sports coverage of KansasCity.com and the Kansas City Star, and that support has never been more important. Please visit KansasCity.com slash offer to get this special offer. And as always, thanks for listening. Back with Jesse Newell, covers Kansas for the Kansas City Star and Wichita Eagle, and we're talking about KU's uh, actually, the NCAA's response to Kansas um, in in the, um, uh, with the with the level level five level one violations and Jesse, I've got the um, the, the NCAA penalty guidelines up on my screen. This is from the NCAA. Uh, these replaced uh, in, in 2012 2013. These replaced what had been known as major and minor uh, violations. So now they're 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 divvied up by level four levels. Level one being the most egregious. So, um, it, just for example, um, a uh, scholarship reduction for a level one violation could be anywhere from, um, you know, twenty five percent or fifty percent of the program, uh, that, which is which would be devastating. A show cause order for a level one violation could be anywhere from one to ten years. A show cause order doesn't mean a coach is fired or can't be hired at another school. It just means that. Uh, uh, the, the, the coach has a, you know, it's has a, this mark against him. It's a suspension basically. It's like an NCAA suspension. It is. It, it is. And, it, it, and, 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 and the school, uh, whoever, wherever this, that coach works has to report to the NCAA every six months with a progress report. Um, head coaching restrictions, um, suspension could be anywhere in a level one could be anywhere from a third of the season. As you mentioned, nine games, that would be a third of a regular season to, uh, the entire season. Uh, and then, of course, it gets into recruiting. And these are all for level one violations. Level two are three and four are a little bit less. But Kansas is looking at five level one violations. I've never heard of a situation where a school has been uh, levied with as many potential you know, punishment. Um, uh, uh, you know, it's, 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 it's a bunch is what I'm saying. Yes. There's a, a bunch of these. I've, I've never seen that. And. Um, and, and the scenario that you pointed out before the break, you know, a, you know, a partial, you know, uh, suspension for Bill Self during a season and a postseason ban, I, I, I agree with you. I'm, I'm absolutely sure that if that offer was given to Kansas, that they would take it in a heartbeat. But I, I don't think that's what the NCAA is looking at here. And, and, and after – you know, because of the Georgia Tech example that I cited, I, that proved that they were, um, you know, that the, they're more serious about this. I think that they're responding to the embarrassment that it felt in the FBI investigation that, you know, this was going on in college basketball and the NCAA either didn't know or couldn't do anything about it. And and now that they have the evidence, you know, that was that's part of this whole thing is FBI turned over evidence to the NCAA it thinks it has Kansas dead to rights on this, and with the with the tapes, with um, you know with the, with the or the the, uh, the 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 text transcripts that are part of the NCAA's response here, I think they they believe they've got Kansas in a position that it's rarely had a you know a, a blue blood program in its sights, and um, uh, we'll we'll you know, again we we don't know what the outcome is going to be, but I. I just have to just reading the NCAA's response. There is a confidence that I sense from the NCAA that you you, you just don't you don't get that sense from uh, in, in in previous cases. So, 
again, we'll, we'll have to see. We'll just have to see. What about the hey, Jesse? What about the the football end of this and how this can uh, you know football had was it two violation two level uh, level two and a level three and how does it play into basketball? Yeah, I'm actually going to work on a story, so this should be available over the weekend at KansasCity.com as well. But um, as mentioned by the NCAA, these are less severe, but they sort of play into the David Beatty lawsuit, which uh, also, as you mentioned. Um, was the topic of a column by Sam Mellinger as well that KU is sort of also battling with lawyers and continuing to 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 wage a, a war on as they're dealing with this NCAA stuff too. So lots of lawyers dispatched in a lot of different areas. But um, just to the Cliff Notes version: two level two violations. Um, those were under David Bay's tenure. One was that a a former video coordinator Jeff Love had meetings with quarterbacks six to ten times in meeting rooms. Uh, sent a text message to one of the quarterbacks uh, talking about strategy and then also talked to the quarterbacks on a few occasions at practices. That's what's being alleged against them. And then the second one is a coach control charge, kind of what we talked about with Bill Self, basically saying that David Beatty should have known this was happening and uh, obviously it was under his watch. So uh, that's the level two charge. The level three charge does not name anyone, but it's under Les Miles tenure. It goes back to an original report from us at the Kansas City Star talking about how there were coaches that seem to be um, instructing athletes that were not allowed to sort of in the same vein of what we talked about with Jeff Love under uh, under uh, coach David Beatty. So, but those are level three in nature. The NCAA explained in its response why they had the designation. Um, the biggest thing was basically that they said that Jeff Love's violations with the quarterbacks took place in a private manner and that um, they were uh, something that was a little bit more or a little bit more devious, I guess, if you want to use a word for it, where they said um, the level three ones under less miles were ones that did not have much of a uh, didn't gain much of a competitive advantage. So that was the sort of distinction they had there. Um, they still used a word I want to use correctly here. They said that it was uh, I believe the word was troublesome. Yes, troublesome mm-hmm. that Les Miles was in the video clips that the NCAA saw where um, they received 29 video clips from the University of Kansas. 18 of them, the NCAA deemed, had non-countable coaches that were instructing athletes during practice. And they said that it was, quote, troublesome that Les Miles was in the clips of some of those videos. So obviously um, around when those things were taking place. But uh, once again, the, the NCAA's main finding there, and they sort of rejected what David Beatty was arguing was he believes that his violation should be, or Jeff Love should be a level three, just like um, the other one that's under less miles. The NCAA rejected that saying that the, those were more severe. Again, that's going to go in front of a hearing and we'll see who is proven out over time that is right with that. But some sort of interesting things on the back end there. And like I said, KU continues to deal with its lawsuit for David Beatty, uh, who is suing them for $3 million because he never received his buyout. So that wages on, or rages on, I guess. And KU also is dealing with the NCAA battle. So yeah, a lot of opportunities for lawyers to uh, continue to uh, write up stuff for KU and represent them at this particular time. Meanwhile, um, Kansas basketball recruiting seems to not have taken a you know much of a hit from this at least next year's t- uh, you know team looks you know uh, looks solid when you see some of the the preseason you know way too early top tens or top twenty fives Kansas is in the top ten partly and that's you know be, even after losing Yudoka Azubuki Devon Dotson um, their two best players um, with what's what's returning and what's coming in. The, um, the 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 prospect for Kansas basketball is pretty good for 2021. It is, uh, you know, uh, Bill Self. It's funny. 
you, Bryce Thompson, like you've talked about, uh, you know, McDonald's all American and obviously has a history with Bill Self. His dad played for Bill Self at Tulsa. Uh, and with the guys they have coming back, Marcus Garrett, I mean, it's, Bill Self has too many guys, probably again, and this is a, again, a, a right. quote problem that Bill Self seems to have a lot. I mean, I think the reason K won't be ranked as high as last year is just you figured that you know preseason wise is Devon Dotson, Doke Azubuki came back. They were expected to be the number one and number two go to guys, and that's exactly how it fell in place. Everybody sort of knew their roles very early in the season. There's more question marks here, obviously. Um, David McCormick, how much can he replace Doke's production and all these wings that KU has? You know, Jalen Wilson, Tristan and Aruna. Um, you know, you go on and on down the line, Tyon Grant Foster, which the coaching staff loves. I mean, you go on with those guys, who is going to fit in, who's going to score, who's going to be uh, the guy that gets minutes, who isn't, uh, those are all remaining questions. But again, over time, I think it's proven out that when Bill Self has a roster that he likes and enough pieces, he's going to figure out a way to win some basketball games. So, uh, for Kansas, that's kind of what we're talking about here over all these things that are happening off the court for all the NCAA response and, and all these allegations against them. The part that fans care about most and that everyone cares about most on the basketball court, if this basketball season takes place uninterrupted in 2020-2021, he's going to have a really good team again, and they've got a really good coach who usually has the pieces come together again. So that's the positive news. The negative news, obviously, is what came out yesterday and kind of the uncertain future of what's going to happen with KU basketball based off the NCAA definitely setting its sights against Kansas and obviously Coach Bill Self as well. All right, so let's wrap it up, Jesse. By uh, you, you, you mentioned this earlier, but let's let's end it with a at least a guess at a timeline here. When 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 is the what's the next step for the NCAA? Yeah, I mean, right about now, there usually is a, a talk about setting up a hearing for uh, you know for this thing to take place, and then after that, usually a few months pass and. Then there's basically, as you've seen, Blair, a, a ruling just kind of pops up on the NCAA website, and then we all chase it down and write it up really quickly. But uh, we don't know the exact timeline. This one obviously is a landmark case, as we've talked about. So uh, having it finish up before basketball season starts, I think, is a reasonable expectation, at least from what we know right now. The wild card here is uh, something that is definitely a wild card, which is I talked about, it's sort of confusing, but there's the NCAA has started up a new independent council where non-NCAA affiliated members could potentially rule on these cases. And if that comes about, and if that's sort of um, what happens with this particular case, uh, then the timeline could be a little bit different. And obviously the ruling could be a little bit different because there are no appeals with this particular case. So uh, if, if it goes to that body. So we'll see if that changes things up. And if it does, then maybe the timeline gets thrown out a little bit. But I think we're at least progressing towards a resolution here, which I think everybody should be happy to hear. So is is the next step the decision by the NCAA, the punishment decision? Is that the next piece of information we'll hear? The next step is the hearing. So KU, again, will be able to go in front of the infractions committee and make their case. That's right. And then usually there's a couple months that pass as the NCAA infractions committee takes into account all those that information, all the documentation, and comes up with its ruling. Now, again, that could be thrown out with this new independent council, which has not had... Uh, not been tested basically up until this point, but a couple of those cases already have been thrown to that independent council. Uh, the timeline can change a little bit based off of that. But um, again, because we are in unprecedented times, and again, because this is a landmark case, we're kind of following basic guidelines when we're talking about the uh, uh, what might happen in the future with this. So we don't know exactly yet, but um, the good news is like this thing started up, what, two years ago, back in 2018? So at least now in 2020, uh, we're talking May of 2020, we're looking that, 
this is thing is probably gonna be wrapped up in months rather than years and like i said with both teams both sides just kind of chattering at each other and not backing down i think it's about time that something gets decided all right jesse newell uh great spending some time with you and we will catch up again soon all right thanks blair That'll do it for today. Thanks to our production staff of Derek Donovan, Savannah Smith, Randy Mason, Beth Wells, Jeff Rosen, and Chris Fickett. Tip of the cap to Jesse Newell, who helped us break down the heavyweight battle between the NCAA and Kansas men's basketball. Links to the stories we discussed, all of Jesse's coverage, and that Sam Mellinger column can be found in the show notes. Hey, earlier in the episode, you heard me talk about the Sports Pass offer. It's still a good one. 30 bucks for a year's worth of sports coverage. Come on, that's that's fantastic. Here's an even better offer. Buy the entire Kansas City Star product. Not just sports, but news, features, commentary, analysis, all of it. You get all the stories written by my incredibly talented colleagues. The details can be found at account.kansascity.com slash subscribe. So that's two dots and a slash, right? Account.kansascity.com slash subscribe. In either case, the Sports Pass or the full subscription, you're supporting local journalism and helping us deliver products like Sports BKC, which will be back on Monday because... This is where we talk sports in Kansas City every day.